Welcome to SGTM Talks. We hope you find this encouraging and inspiring. Please do be seated. If you've not yet met, my name is Jack. I'm one of the clergy here, and it's my privilege uh, to kind of like look over this service, our midweek service here at St. George the Martyr. And if it's your first time or your 101st time, um, I just want to bring you up to speed. We're looking at the, the figure of David in the Old Testament and asking this question, what can we learn from the life of David and apply it into our everyday life and what we do at work, what we do in our homes, in our relationships, in every decision we make, what can we do with David? And just to bring everyone up to speed, the first week we looked at Samuel, not David, the one who would later anoint David as king, but actually Samuel's own calling and actually how Samuel himself knew God's voice from just a small age to the point where next, last week when D Jamie was speaking about the anointing of King David, we see Samuel again come into a room and see a group of people and hear God's voice says, this is the one, this is the one who you should anoint as king. And he anointed David as king. And this week we look at a very, very famous story, just one chapter on from David's anointing in 1, chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 17. And it's the story of David and Goliath. It's a story that children grow up learning. You might want to get it up on your Bibles. It's such a long passage. I've decided not to read it out in full, and we're going to sort of dip in and out and sort of our journey through this passage uh, as, as, I, as we go on. Um, and I do believe that there's something in this passage there that we can take into our everyday and into what we do. But before we get there, I just, I just have to tell you today that I really hate swimming. I, I, I just... I, I just don't like swimming. And before I turn people off in the room, there's some of you who might love swimming. And I, yeah, that's okay. But for me, I remember as a, about a 10-year-old, I, I attended a, a, one of those water baths with my family. And there was one of those whirlpools. And I have this vivid memory of, of wanting to jump in to surprise my mum who was coming around the bend. And as I jumped in, she got out about two meters ahead of me without me knowing. So round and round I went. In my account of the story, I went round that thing about a thousand times before someone picked me up. In reality, it was probably just a bit round and some guy picked me up and said, do you want to get out? I also have a, a memory of of being in the shallow end of the pool, which I thought was the shallow end. I've since been told it was literally the step of a pool and I, that was where I felt safe, the step. And uh, a friend of my dad's mistook me for my brother, the avid swimmer, and decided to pick me up and launch me through the air into the deep end. And there's a picture of my parents can vividly remember in their eyes, seeing this young child screaming midair as I was about to go to the worst area of my life, which was the water. Because I have this fundamental belief that I'm not a fish. I'm a human, so therefore I'm not designed to do the swimming part. But fast forward a few years ago, and I, um, I came up with this brainwave of an idea that I was going to do an Ironman, because I can run and I can, I can cycle, and surely, surely swimming, it's, just, it's not that far. I can definitely run and, and cycle, but, I, you know, I'll pick it up. Um, and my wife, who is an avid swimmer, quickly reminded me of how much I detest the water. And although I like to say I can swim, I don't think I really can. But it, that reminds me that sometimes in life we operate with this belief that we can accomplish anything, regardless of how much we know ourselves. 
that we can overcome any obstacle and it, whatever's before me, I will overcome, even if it is the person who hates swimming thinking that they can overcome an Ironman. I, just so everyone's clear, I've never done an Ironman. I will never do an Ironman because of the swimming element that is involved in an Ironman. See, in our passage in 1 Samuel chapter 17, we see a battle emerge. We see this humongous battle about to take place. And often in life, what it can remind us is sometimes that the hardest battles we face actually come up over time. They don't just come out of nowhere. They build up over time. In the, in the beginning of 1 Samuel chapter 17, I'm really struggling to say that this morning, this afternoon, 1 Samuel chapter 17. Verse 1, it says, Now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Sokar in Judah. They pitched their camp at Ephraim's Damim between Sokar and Ezekah. Saul and the Israelites assembled and they camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley in between them. See, do you notice in this story where the Israelites stopped? They chose to draw the battle lines on the mountain, not in the valley, because it's often in the valley, it's often in the darkest places of life where the real battle goes on. But the Israelites knew that to go down there was dangerous, so I'll stand on the outskirts and I'll be safe here. See, it's often easy in life with the battles that we face to stand on the outskirts, it's easy to complain about our job to, the, to everyone else except our boss. It's easy in life to create a budget sheet for how you're going to manage finances without actually looking at your bank account. Because in theory, this would work, but I actually have no idea what I'm spending. But this budget looks perfect, and I can hit this to, to, to completely disregard the bank account. It's easy to develop a theory about how a relationship will work without actually getting into the knit grit of actually working and living alongside someone and allowing them to shape who you are. So here we have one of those battles that it's easy to battle very far apart from one another, but in the middle of this scene, a giant of a man emerges. We see in, in, the, in the timeline that for 40 days, in verse 16, for 40 days, this Philistine known as Goliath would step out of the front line and basically challenged the whole of the Israelite army. See, for 40 days, it wasn't just on day one, Goliath came out of nowhere and the battle happened. For 40 days, he stood before the army and says, take me on. See, so often in life, these things that we're facing kind of emerge over time. And, and one day it's hard, and the next day it's harder, and it just keeps building and building and building. And the only thing that creeps in when this build-up and build-up happens is fear because the battle itself gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. See, can you imagine if you're an Israelite soldier going to sleep on day four of this 40-day standoff? You have no idea it's going to be 40 days. Day one, this huge guy's emerged and you thought, oh no, no one's going to take him on. Let's go to sleep, sleep on it. Maybe he, it was just a day. Day two, he does it again. Day three, you must have fallen asleep thinking, what is stopping that man walking across the valley with his army and taking us all on? Because by this point, he's realized that none of us want to fight him. All of us are so scared of this one individual. There's nothing stopping him coming across. 
Because the hardest battle is built up over time, and that as each day moves on, the Israelites do less and less and less. And in this position of fear of what on earth do we do in the face of this battle? Maybe today you come to this place and there's things going on in your life that seem to have got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And what started off as a small problem has become this giant Goliath that you yourself know, I cannot overcome this anymore. It's just too hard to overcome this thing. See, if I'd, have, if I'd have addressed it on day one, which I didn't even know was day one, but now when I'm on day 100, I realize when day one actually was. But now it's just too big. It's just too much to overcome. Into this fear, into this scene, steps a young, insignificant boy within the context of 1 Samuel chapter 17. But see, the interesting thing in this whole chapter is that before overcoming Goliath, which is the famous story of David slinging the rock and taking down Goliath, before that happened, David was completely and and, and had a deep conviction of who he was, not who Goliath was. He operated out of a fundamental understanding of whose he was and whose he wasn't. Because who are you? is actually one of the hardest questions we can ever choose to answer. Who are you really? If you are a lot more than what you do, simply saying, who are you? I am a doctor, isn't enough. Simply saying, I am a father, isn't enough. You are more than the sum of all that you do. And here we have David, this shepherd boy, who knew exactly who he was. But even in this passage, in 1 Samuel 16, David is completely overlooked by his dad. When Samuel the prophet comes in and says, one of your sons is the king, if that were me, all of my sons are coming in front. It's going to be one of them. What does does Jesse do? He completely forgets he's got a son in the field. He's not even that important to bring him into the lineup. And Samuel, by God's grace, heard that it was not one to seven, but it was the number eight, the one in the fields that he would anoint. So we, as readers of 1 Samuel, realize, oh, David's a king, but actually in reality, Saul is the presiding king over Israel, and Saul himself didn't even know who he was. We see in verse 55 to 58, after the battle itself, as Saul has just seen what's just happened, how this individual has come and saved the, 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 the nation of Israel from the hands of the Philistines. And he turns to his commander and says, but whose son is that young man? Not who is he, but whose dad is he? We're not even focusing on him. And he's like, I I, I don't know. And he says, well, find out who he is. And it's David who comes and he says, I am the servant of Jesse of Bethlehem. It's David himself who gives an account of who he is. Saul didn't even know who he was. Interestingly, what David didn't do in this moment, because he knew exactly who he was, he did not say at this moment, I am the anointed king of Israel, I'll have you know. Because at this moment in the story, David didn't need to do that. He knew that the time would come when he would be coronated and crowned as king over Israel. But at this moment, he's still a servant. See, because David knew what he wasn't. In in verse 39, we see that actually on the way to battle, he's he's given all of this armor and he just takes it off because he's like, I can't. I can't go into battle with these. 
If your soldiers and this persons came out, out of nowhere, and effectively the only reason he's even in the scene is because Jesse says, take your brothers a packed lunch and give them a helping hand. And David, being David, didn't just take them a packed lunch, sort of going, what's going on here? And who's, who's, who's doing anything about that giant? These boys came out of nowhere. And, his, and, and the commanders would have looked at him thinking, well, why on earth would you take on a giant without wearing any armor? Because David knew what he should not be carrying at that moment. He doesn't need to carry the expectation of others. He doesn't need to carry the things that other people say he must need because he knew who he was. He knew who he was because he knew where he'd been. He'd been a shepherd. He'd literally fought bears and lions away from the sheep. And I'm not being funny. You could put a, a giant man in front of me and a lion. I would be much more petrified of the lion because at least with the man, there might be some sort of conversation you can have. It's like, go easy on me. But if a lion walked in the room now, you would be absolutely petrified. And David says, I took on a lion and a bear, like, like a scene of the revenant or something, like this rugged little shepherd boy. And here he is standing before Goliath and thinking, no problem, no problem whatsoever. But then what does he say? He doesn't just come up to Goliath and says, I've, I've battled bears and lions. I am amazing. Look at me. I am the next Goliath. No, but standing before Goliath, he says in verse 45, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. So I wonder today whether in the face of these mountains of battles, these Goliaths that we face, you ought, and I ought to be reminded, that we are God's most precious children, that you are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do the things that God has destined you to do, that as David stepped before Goliath, he had full confidence and awareness of who he was, he wasn't someone like me who was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take on an Iron Man, even though I absolutely hate swimming. No, it, it was none of that. David knew exactly what, who he was because he knew whose he was. He was an anointed king, anointed not by Samuel, but by the Lord Almighty. See, our strength in the face of the battles and what David can teach us as we overcome battle after battle and these Goliaths in our life seem to rise up and we're left thinking, what do I do? What strength do I have? What resume do I have to overcome this? David shows that it's actually not the bear or the lion that qualifies him for this battle. It's the fact that he is the Lord God Almighty's and Goliath isn't. That actually these battles and the enemies and the opposition we face as children of the Most High, are worthless, are nothing in face of the Lord Almighty. Because for as God was with David back then, I truly believe that God is with you right now, that as you look into the face of the valley, whatever that valley is, whatever creeps up over time, whatever difficulty lies ahead, that actually as you step into that place in full awareness that the God who brought you through the lion's den and the bear brawl the, is the same God who will allow you to overcome the giant ahead of you because you are God's chosen one. You are the handiwork of the Lord Almighty. You are not a mistake. You are not here by accident. God sees you and says, yes, 
you are mine. And in the face of all battles, to step out in that faith, nothing can stop against, stand against you. Perhaps this day, as we leave this place and we go into our everyday life and these Goliaths overrun us and sort of rise up, maybe just mutter to yourself, I am, I am the Lord Almighty's. Who are you to stand against me? I am the Lord Almighty. Who are you to stand against me? Amen. And why don't we stand? Jamie's going to come up and close us with one more song. But I'd love to just pray for us before we leave this place because I do think that actually there's a, there's a, there's a real truth that either in life you're either in a battle you just come out of a battle or you're about to go into one because the storms of life are real, that seasons come and go and that just when life is great or next day life is awful and the day after that life's great again and then it's awful and it seems to be the rhythms of life and this scripture and these words that we read from David can actually help us in that because here it shows that even in the middle of the valley, in the middle of all of that pain, you can stand and you can say, I am the Lord God Almighty. So Father God, I ask that as we come before you now in this place, Lord, I ask that you bring to mind all of those things that have built up over time, those Goliaths that stand ahead of us. They could be relationships, they could be addictions, financial issues, illness, grief, worry, pride. These things that just seem to emerge over time, we ask that you bring them to our minds right now. And as that happens, I ask in faith that each of us in this place will begin to muster up the courage to declare to those Goliaths that I am the Lord God Almighty's who are you to stand in my way? I am the Lord God Almighty's. Who are you to stand in my way? Thank you for listening to SGTM Talks. We hope you found this insightful and inspiring and can tune in again soon. In the meantime, try out our website, sgtm.org. Thank you.